Gua sobrok. Ai. <laughs> There's not a rule that you have to use the three subs. He's he's the best left back in Canada, without a doubt. Right and hello everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Third Sub Podcast, episode 176 of the show. And we're back with a bit of an express episode because after a, a slower leagues copy, you know, not much going on summer. I mean, MLS is back and it's back with a fervor. It's you know, right back into the midweek action. Uh, so, bit a bit of a busy weekend. I mean, first and foremost, I mean the Whitecaps go out on the road. They beat Portland at Timbers three-two in a Cascadia Cup match. Uh, otherwise, uh, you know, across the CPL, bad week for the BC team. So we won't dive into it too much. Uh, you know, Pacific FC falls to Cavalry one 0 and a bit of a controversial loss on the day, but still one where not Pacific's best showing. And then now they sit tied in second. Meanwhile, Vancouver loses to York. Another frustrating one. Uh, could have been a red card. Questionable penalty. But in the end, they lose to York. So tough week for the CPL teams, but a good week for the Whitecaps. But anyway, on that note, I'm your co-host, Alexander Gangiruzic, joined by Sam Aron. I mean, uh, Sam, lots of, lots of footy in BC. At least for me personally, it was cool because for the first time in a while, I didn't actually go to anything. Like, there was no League One. There was no games at BC Place. And kind of felt weird so for me i guess in a sense i kind of had a weekend like you where i was watching on the tablet watch from afar which kind of a bit nice change of pace i can't lie yeah i wouldn't mind swapping you the other way around i could use a weekend where i'm going to a bunch of matches i definitely missed it a little bit but man i'm not sure i would have wanted to have been at either of those cpl matches at home because that was tough i mean i don't think in a million years that's a penalty for cavalry against pacific um and the way they were celebrating it too like it just ugh, it, it didn't leave a great taste and then uh yeah and then kind of similar on the road for vancouver fc and york that was that was tough i mean you know york did some good things in that match but still you have to feel a little bit hard done by uh but you know the whitecaps don't feel hard done by they uh they managed to get a result we were talking about them eliminating the stain of that loss to San Jose at home. And they're able to get the road trip off to a good start. So that was fantastic to see. As you said, we're going to try to keep this relatively quick and get you on with your week, get you prepared for Chicago fire as well a little bit. So uh, looking forward to diving straight into it. Yeah. I mean, this is the gauntlet. This is the make or break stretch for the white caps. They had Portland away, ticked one off. I mean, what we've been saying, three to four wins puts you in a decent position, especially now. I mean, like, again, it shows you the Whitecaps lose to San Jose, beat Portland. Now they're just with the game in hand, one win away from third. Like, it's just such a tight race right now. So you need your wins. Uh, and now they head to Chicago, like you mentioned. Um, you Also, you got NYCFC in there. You got Toronto FC. Good slate of road games coming up uh, before the international break. So going to be interesting to see how the Whitecaps do. But to start, I mean, let's we'll dive into that Portland game. That's what we're here to do. And it was an interesting result. I mean, first and foremost, the Whitecaps came out flying. That was nice to see the fast start last time they're in Portland. They didn't have the fastest of starts and it hurt them. And this time 
Ryan Gold, great reactions, puts one away, makes it 1-0. He continues to be the straw that stirs the drink, and we'll talk about that in a second. Brian White gets a goal and quietly creeping up the, the table. Now nine goals in MLS play, one away from double digits, which is usually a decent season. And also, strikers around MLS aren't actually doing, like there isn't like a dominant force in MLS this year. Uh, and because of that, that means like White's only four goals off the lead. And like, he's even like a, two goals away from being in the top five. Like quietly, Brian White, despite his all his XG malaise and all the missed chances, quietly climbing up the ranks in that regard. And then Gauld finished things off. But with his third, of course, Portland snuck in one to make it 2-1 through Felipe Mora. And at the end of Vander uh, made things interesting, made it 3-2 and Portland pushed and pushed and pushed. But Vancouver held on, and it was a gutsy win, and ultimately maybe not the prettiest of wins, but it's a road win and an MLS. So as we know, those can sometimes uh, be worth their weight in gold. Yeah, I think road wins you'll take them absolutely any way they come. Uh, you don't, you know, you don't look a gift horse in the mouth, right? Like it's just you take it, you move on, you don't worry about it. To me, the thing that stood out was that that first half. I was just like, man, going into the break. It's like, yeah, that was just comprehensive football from the Whitecaps. They had their game plan. They were willing to allow Portland to have possession in certain areas of the pitch, but they completely negated any, I don't even want to say high danger opportunities. Like they negated pretty much all opportunities for the Timbers uh, and just looked really solid. It was great to see Richie and Sam out there together. Like we talked about in the last show, like, a variety of attacking options. They could build down the left. They could build down the right. They could work it through gold and white in the middle. It felt like they had a number of things to give the Timbers trouble and the Timbers were never quite sure where they should be committing. Um, And yeah, just, just good tactical discipline as well. Like they didn't, you know, the press was there when they needed it, but they weren't exhausting themselves. This is a long, long road trip. They're going to need fresh legs as, as much as they can. And so I just thought they did a nice job in that first 45 managing things. Um, And then it was also, I think, you know, a return to form is also a theme. Ali Ahmed was tremendous and went 90 minutes. That was freaking awesome to see. Like I, I've been craving (laughs) some Ali Ahmed and it's just, it's, it's been so long now with the, with the gold cup, with the concussion. Um, It's just fantastic. There's, there's real competition in the midfield now. Like I was writing up the, Chicago Fire preview today, and it's like, man, Pedro Vite, this is probably a big match if he plays in Chicago, because otherwise, if Shop continues to play decently, Ahmed's back in the fold. If they're gonna play Loray and Sam in those advanced roles and roll with three defenders, there's not a lot of room for Pedro Vite all of a sudden. I like that internal competition. I think it'll bring the best out of everyone. So uh those are a couple of themes that that stood out to me from Portland. Uh, we can maybe talk about the later stages in the match and some of the things that weren't perfect, but uh, I think overall there were a lot of positives. And if I'm Vanny, I'm pointing to that first 45 and saying, guys, this is what we need on the road if we want to continue to secure results. And I think they won the game in the first half. I think at that point, even Portland, despite the late push, it kind of felt like the Whitecaps won the game with their start. And that's interesting because especially I'm looking at their overall road form but even like their last four road games in mls i'll start of the la galaxy one in leagues cup like different competition different stakes i think for in the last four in mls are portland 
LAFC wins and then SKC and St. Louis losses. And I think the theme is in LA and in Portland, the Whitecaps scored two goals in the first half in each scenario. They got off to fast starts and they made the most of their opportunities because they've started well on the road before. There's another game. The fifth game in the, of their last five was Dallas, where they scored first. Pedro Vite scored away, but then they kind of, you know, didn't put keep their foot on the pedal, didn't execute their chances, and kind of threw away the game in the second half. Uh, whereas this Portland and LAFC, they finally went on the road. They start well, they get two, and it's it's hard to overcome two goal deficits. And then you compare it to St. Louis and SKC, they just they, in the in those cases they lost the game by the the first half. They were in the opposite boat. So I think it's good to see them start well and keep their foot on the pedal because they have that ability. And then we've seen it in, at home a lot in, in MLS play. They can start well. They can. There's been a few games where they they get one, two, three goals, and it's it's game over. But on the road, they haven't been able to 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 do that and i mean it's it's fair it's on the road uh but that's key because it shows that they can do it and it's going to be key for them especially heading into some of these markets where they're not playing the most defensively sound teams if you can get one two three on the board early you're gonna you're gonna do well and i thought the the hot start was it was encouraging especially because yeah it was just the momentum like it felt like the the field was tilted in vancouver's direction yeah portland was holding all the ball but every time portland lost they're like oh the white caps are gonna go the other way and and do something with it and that's the sort of threat you want to see for them especially in transition uh in possession in those sorts of moments so overall i think the start was really what stuck out to me because even if it got hairy at the end and the the fact that they built up such a buffer for themselves was uh, was positive to see. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I think so. Maybe turning the focus a little bit to later on in the match when you know things didn't come off the rails, but it was just to me it was more of like a classic score effect on the road, right? Where you know you're playing again midweek. The other team's really desperate not to surrender points at home. Portland's kind of, you know, they're in the stage of the season where they've really not got a lot to lose. They're going to throw everything at it. Um, it was very physical, so I feel like that kind of took a toll as the match went on a little bit. Um, you know, and, and Vancouver did a nice job holding on in comparison to Whitecaps teams in the past. Like, we've really seen the wheels fall off when there's been high pressure. And, yes, there, there were some, you know, there's always going to be those couple moments where you go, oh, man. This other team, you know, Portland, in this case, could get back in this. But uh, they managed to survive those. Uh, they did a good job. One one just, like, Portland-themed comment from the match is, man, no, no player <laughs> in MLS is more high event, both positive and negative, than a Vander. It's like... Oh, my goodness. He, even within his own <laughs> spells of possession, like, he'll have a great dribble, he'll make a great run, and then he'll give away the ball cheaply. Or he'll he'll hustle back defensively, but then he'll make a really stupid tackle and, and take an unnecessary foul. It's just like I feel like for every goal Evander scores, he's probably going to give one away. It's just uh, for a guy that Portland brought in to be their talisman, it's uh, that that's a tough way to live when you when you've got a player like that. Sort of, um, I mean, really in both the last two matches Vancouver's played against Portland, it's been like. Vander or bust for the Timbers, which has been quite the ride. I was going to say, Vander, I mean, having seen him now a few times, he he strikes me as like a very chaotic, like second option. Like he's like the, he's like the star shooting guard on your team in a basketball. Like you kind of want, you you want maybe a point guard that can kind of take the reins and, and do a lot of the, you know, the normal stuff, but he's just kind of there like, 
when he's hot, he's going to drop. Well, he's he's, he's the shooting guard that he... every once in a while, you know, it's just like heat check and he's he's spotting up for threes every other possession. And it's all going right or he goes like three for 14 from the floor. Yeah, no, that's exactly it. So, Vander, I mean, fun to watch. Funnily enough, you talk about Portland. I don't know about you, but the one that really impressed me and it floors me because this dude's almost 40. It's Diego Chara, man. Like, he was absolutely a menace still. I'm like... I feel I've like been watching goes, this guy play for like half saying, my life. That's, a, and that's he, an evergreen tweet at this point. Just like Diego Chara being a being a menace. But that one like was a bit surprising because I'm like Portland's struggling this year. He's getting older. Like you know maybe he's gonna. You don't know. You don't know how he's gonna. You know maybe you're expecting to see any sort of regression. Maybe he's not running as fast as he used to. But for me, there was two. There was one where I think. I, it might have been like one of the right back. Like I'm, I don't know if it was Richie Larrea specifically that got into a foot race with Chara, and Chara just straight up won it. Like, wait, this dude's like almost forty. Like, what, that was, what that was that? that and was the other with, one was with Richie down the right hand side. I remember, and I feel like Richie almost kind of like took a look and was like, "Whoa, that that was surprising." Whoa, yeah. <laughs> And then the other one was Ali Ahmed. Like, again, Ali glides by everyone, it feels like, in midfield. And there's this one early in the game. He did it twice, tried to dance, leg out, Chara just got him. And there was one where he, like, kind of beat Chara. And, like, he's like, okay, it's over. Like, you see it all the time. And then Chara just kind of puts in, like, muscles back, wins the ball. And you're like, (laughs) jaw almost hit the floor. So, I mean, shout out to Diego Chara. This guy, again, like, this is... An unbelievable player he's been in, in mls for for so long i just thought he he kind of deserved his flowers in a game like that felt like the whole the broadcast was just evander this evander that and kind of focusing on everyone else but i'm like guy you're not seeing diego char just have an absolute master class uh here and I, honestly i'm always here for older guys balling out in mls because mls is such a young league and you know high tempo high event chaotic so anytime I see a performance like this one or last year when Victor Vasquez tore the Whitecaps apart, I'm like, respect. Like, these guys are, you know, just, just out here balling. And uh, I thought Charo had, had, had a great little performance uh, on the Portland side. But, uh, I mean, to return to Vancouver, the the, the conversation kind of has to start and end with Ryan Galdell on their side in terms of performers. I mean, in terms of the counting numbers, two goals, one assist, again, uh, I mean, he's now up to sixth in MLS in goals plus assists for the season, which is kind of wild when you consider he didn't get a goal or an assist for the first two months of the season. So he's been playing catch up and uh, but he's just been absolutely dominant. And uh, I mean, he he showed it again. It was just it wasn't just the goals, the assists. It was the work rate again. It was created a few chances, but then the goal and the assist, the goal. Maybe not the nicest goal he'll score, but the reaction to just keep going to run, maybe when the shot looked like it was going to go out of bounds. And then the assist, I mean, just to put it on a dime, for, you know, or how, how he set it up for Brian White. I mean, this is why Ryan Gold is, is balling out. And look, I mean, maybe it's something where if you're Vancouver, you don't want to hear it. It's like the all-star talk. He's quietly putting together an MVP-like season. And look, for the Whitecaps, they won't complain because when a player of his caliber is playing like this, it's going to help you go far. And he's doing that uh, right now for Vancouver. Absolutely. I mean, I I was thinking the exact same thing where, yeah, the All-Star game doesn't really matter, but you you look at where he is now and you kind of wonder how how is it possible that he wasn't a surefire All-Star candidate for Vancouver because, you know, he's playing at a... MLS MVP level pace at the moment, especially when you take out his early season struggles, um, some fitness stuff. It, it's really 
come together here in the second half. And I mean, in particular, it's just fantastic to see that 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 chemistry, that sort of like telepathic connection he has with Brian White is back in a major way. And also that, I mean, I've kind of referenced it earlier on the show already, but that's not the only threat this team possesses anymore, right? Like there were times when White mm-hmm. and Gold really made the team run and everything else was just secondary. And I mean, that that had a lot of success, but you've got Atakubi and Larea now. You have Ali Ahmed. Uh, they can create through midfield. You know, Kubas can be a destroyer. Like there's, they could play out in the break with Cordova in, in a different way if when he's playing well. I think it's nice that there's, um, simultaneously you have this MVP level designated player number 10 that the Whitecaps have craved for their entire MLS history, but you're not in a position where absolutely everything has to revolve around him. And, um, you know, we've talked about this, maybe the differences between home and away a little bit on the road. You really do rely on Ryan Gold. Like he needs to, if you're going to get <laughs> wins, he's probably going to propel you to those wins, but at home, the Whitecaps have been able to create a variety of ways and still have success. So I think that that balance within the team is nice to see. And uh, yeah, I think, you know, all of a sudden four wins on this road trip doesn't seem crazy if Ryan Gold keeps playing the way he's playing. And I think that that pretty much says it all. Yeah, I mean, again, you can also throw Pedro Vite into that mix, who's had some good flashes um, this season. So, no, absolutely. And, I mean, again, with Galden, not much to say, just because it's been a con- con- you know, continuation of what he's done. But genuinely, like, look at the numbers. It's one where it genuinely should be receiving MVP shouts. And the thing is, it's good for the club if, you know, Ryan Gold's getting MVP shouts. It's good for Gold. It's good for everyone. So, uh, yeah, look, I think it's... Uh, it's it's been good to see and he's just he's been fun to watch but i mean let's talk quickly about the other threats before maybe we go to the flip side i mean no i honestly i don't have much to say about ahmed on the in the sense that just he was back to his usual service he looked healthy even after his maybe early run-ins with chara he just kept at it and then really started to take over the game as it went along so i mean just good to see ahmed back and i think it'll be interesting to see what happens because i think if it's going to be a three five two we'll see there's some debate to be had at center back. I mean, it's, it's going to be at a and Larea. It's going to be Kubas, but in midfield, it could get interesting. Cause especially Alessandro Schopf in this Portland game, he kind of got outrun a bit again at times. He was struggling to keep up with the pace. Maybe a midfield of Vite and Ahmed could have worked better with gold and, and white up top. And maybe we see a combo like that thrown about for this Chicago game, which might, yeah, like it will be chef's kiss on, on that one. But Ahmed again, return to the usual service, but the ones we'll talk about just because again they're new and they're they're adjusting. Richie Larea and Sam Adekugbi. I think it was very interesting to see because the first game, a lot of rust, we kind of talked about it, but I thought they stepped up immensely in this game. I mean, first of all, Larea down the right. Uh, he was just he, he looked like Larea again, won six fouls, won 13 out of 13 duels, but he made just a lot of great runs. His final product looked sharper already. Um, he was getting in the good areas. And then on the other side, out of Kubi. Like, again, this is someone where we talked about maybe he sits a little deeper on the field and pro- and provides in that way. And he's done that. Like, the way he drops in and builds up is amazing. But that, like, some of those crosses he's made, he's getting to the byline and putting in some good delivery continues to impress. And, I mean, that's something that's been sorely missed down that left side for the Whitecaps uh, especially. So that was one where I'm like, that's more of a pleasant surprise because – not saying we didn't expect it from Atacuzbi, but 
sometimes his delivery uh, in Turkey was kind of all over the place, but it looks like uh, in, in MLS, it's in this wingback position, he's really getting a chance to to show that side of his game in terms of just generating uh, dangerous opportunities. Yeah, so the way I've been thinking about this guy, these two guys is, I guess, a little bit comparative. And um, with Richie, it's uh, in the best possible way. Everything is like the pace is incredibly high. Like the, the motor's always running at really high revs. That just is kind of the way the way Richie looks at his best. And uh, yeah, it just it looks like he, he had another gear in this match that we maybe didn't see against San Jose. And uh, and that was fantastic. But then for Sam on the other side, it felt almost a bit like the opposite to me where, man, the game just comes easily to Sam. Like he's he's able to, everything's slowing down around him. He has all the time in the world it feels like to make the right decision, make the right run, make the right cross. Uh, it just, he looks really, really comfortable. He looks very like tactically and technically proficient. It's just like a real, I don't know, the level of comfort and sort of just like, professionalism on the on the ball like he just looks a class above for the players the white caps have had at that position it's just it's completely different than what the the white caps have had at that position recently and i feel like that's really noticeable whereas richie on the other side he's fantastic but he kind of does he does what a lot of the white caps wide players have done in the past which is like make aggressive runs you know kind of run at that really high pace and sam's just a little more it's patient, it's methodical, but it's still done at a really high level. So I like the I like the contrast they have between those two guys in, in the wide areas. And I think it like we've been talking about throughout this episode, the the variety of attack that the white caps are now able to provide is a you know, I think a real asset. Yeah, I mean we expected that too. I think the fact that already within the two games they're providing that, huge. I think huge. And then and that's only gonna add because now you have wide threat. You have Ahmed through the middle. You got shop phonies on his game. You got Vite. You got Gold. You got White. You got Cordova. The attack's not going to be a problem. We were talking about it. They've played a game less than like everyone in the league at the minimum, and they still lead the the league in XG, like raw XG. Not many, like decent amount of penalties, but not that many relative penalties either. Like it's a lot of just XG. Uh, so their their offense is not an issue. But, I mean, I guess to round out the Portland talk uh, quickly here, we have to talk about the flip side. The defense continues to be a worry. Of course, when you win, you won't complain. But still, it's one of those where they did allow 1.9 XG. Part of that score effects when you lead for as long as you are, the other team is going to throw caution to the wind. So I wouldn't look too much into that. But I look more into especially the first goal. That one, you're up 2-0, you're cruising. You can't give away anything soft. Like, look something where if Evander goes and rips one from 20 yards and it's a great goal or something like that, you take it. But just the ball in from out wide wasn't all that dangerous yet. Ranko's kind of slow to recover in the middle. Felipe Moore gets an uncontested header. He's not going to miss that from there. And that's just a goal that kind of turned the game around because all of a sudden Portland was back in and they were pushing and luckily Richie Larea won that penalty and, you know, they, they score and they kind of was game over after that, but there was a, you know, genuine period where it looked like Portland could pull back a draw and that would have been disastrous. Um, but yeah, that's the kind of thing with the defending right now. It's not overall terrible. Like I'm not sitting at this game, like they defended poorly. They even the first half, like they really didn't give up much, but there's just too many moments where it's like, 
avoidable moments, avoidable goals. And that's almost hurting because it's like, uh, if it would be one day, if they're just allowing chance after chance, okay, they really are struggling defensively, but it's almost like something's just like, a, it's little amiss defensively. And it's almost more frustrating because it hurts them more because you're cruising defensively. Maybe if you're Takoka, he's hasn't, he hasn't had anything to do all game. And then the first thing he's doing is picking the ball out of the net. Cause he gave away a cheap, you know, corner, something like that. Right. Like it's, and then those sorts of moments are just not helping the team. And yeah, it's something to worth watch outs for, especially aerially. Cause it feels like the last few weeks, the, some of the earlier struggles the Whitecaps have had with white wide balls have kind of creeped back into their game slowly, but surely. Yeah, Alex, I'm going to be a little bit lazy here in a sense and kind of copy and paste some of my earlier commentary, which is we were talking about going into the road trip. My idea was that the Whitecaps just need to go from a mediocre defensive team to a league average defensive team. And they need to, they don't even need to get clean sheets. They just need to stop conceding two goals and concede one goal instead. And I feel like this was like the prototypical match for that. It didn't end up hurting them, but the second Portland goal, okay, that's fine. You live with that. It's just, uh, you know, things happen. You can't, you can't defend every opportunity perfectly. That's fine. But the first goal, it's like a weak, low-paced cross. You have it covered. People are marked in theory. And then all of a sudden, Ranko just doesn't rise up for the header, isn't aware. Uh, I, maybe there was miscommunication where he, he got called off or he thought someone else was going to It doesn't matter. They're just like moments of switching off that are inexcusable and you know if this team wants to take the progression from really exciting fun lower echelon of the playoffs western conference team to more elite contender status they just have to move into that average defensive unit that okay they're not perfect defensively they don't you know they're not keeping clean sheets all the time they're not conceding one goal a match on average but they're they're a little bit closer to that. So I think that that's, you know, just whether that's tactics, whether that's individual performances, just a mentality thing. Can you find a way to avoid those sort of sloppy, unnecessary goals that they, that they keep giving away? Um, because, you, you know, you put it in the notes here kind of as a joke. Uh, can they win on the road while not scoring three goals? But it's a, but it's a bit of a legitimate question. When you're, when you're constantly conceding two when you should be conceding one, then you do need to score three on the road in order to get a win. So I would love as yeah, we sort of dive, lot. I would love as we dive into Chicago Fire here. I mean, Chicago Fire, they're they're poor defensively, they're poor offensively. Like get a two-one, get a one-nil, get a two-nil win. I think conceding one or less um, on the road, at least in some performances, like you're gonna have to do that if you want to have long-term sustainable road success so uh yeah you can't win every road match three to two so uh, it's something they they do need to look at but i I do think also loray and atakubi the more they get integrated the more they'll take stress off those back three defenders and and that should help improve the situation long term so there's a little bit of a of a shining beacon of hope there i think as well i think you look at mls right now i'm looking the last time the Whitecaps conceded less than two on the road in MLS play. You, you ready for this? Uh, I'll, I'll double check this. Do you have any idea when? 
I'm going to say like mid-May. I mean, that's a, that's a good guess. But funnily enough, it is actually April. Austin, Ooh. nil-nil, April Oof. 15th. Since then, Oof. they've they've conceded three to Portland, two to Dallas, three to St. Louis, um, two to L.A., three to SKC, and now two to Portland. So they haven't conceded less than two. Not one, less than two. Like so fewer than two. Not, not a, the, I'm not talking That's the it. mission in Chicago. One goal maximum one. Concede for the one Chicago or less. Fire. I, and I think they win the match if they do that. Easily, because, yeah, you're looking at these games. I'm like, yeah, no wonder you're struggling on the road because, like, you allow – I mean, well, you can go through. You allow – I mean, one against SKC, okay, you still lose one now. Fine, that's that's a wash. But you, you allow one against St. Louis, it's a draw. You take that on the road. You allow one against Dallas, that's a draw. You take that on the road. Portland, you allow one. Ditto, a draw. <laughs> and those, you know, those are the, the games. So that, that's points that could have made a difference. We talked about the Whitecaps being three off third place. Those are, I just mentioned three points that you could have won back. And uh, all of a sudden, you're in a whole different position. And yeah, I'll be interested to see because um in terms of also the setup um because is it a, a certain point if it's the same you know personnel all, all, all over again it, it's something just just to throw out there i mean we we don't have to dive into it too much because we can see what happens but for example uh might it be worth the white caps tweaking around their back three a bit because I, I think this three they look the best going forward in this three than they have all season so there's no reason to switch it up but now i'm wondering Look, based on what we know about the three center backs or the center back options, um, Ranko Veselinovic for me is a 1v1 defender. He's a defender who's got speed. Get him out wide. Tristan Blackman, you can keep him out wide. Or he, he, he's fit there. Javane Brown, he's fit there. Well, Matias Laborda, this was a bit of a fun stack. So we're talking about, okay, the Whitecaps are struggling in the air. Ranko Veselinovic, a bit of a, mo- a rough moment. Veselinovic has won 56.2% of his aerial duels this year. Uh, just for context, Tristan Blackman's won 65%, and Matias Laborda's won 68.8% of his aerial duels. He has been a force in the air. And this is limited minutes. Like We have to remember uh, Ranko's playing almost every game, uh, whereas Laborda, you know, he's he's only played like half of them, and yet he's, uh, in terms of contested duels as well, it's not that far off. So it's something worth considering as well, that if you're going to continue to struggle with some of these cheaper wide area goals do you maybe tweak something around and go you know Ranko and Blackman on the outside of Laborda in a back three and maybe yeah you sacrifice Laborda being a bit more aggressive and wanting to step up but you take that as a trade-off for look you know uh Larray and Atacubi are going to close down the flank so if you're allowing any dangerous wide ball they can they can Laborda can take care of it plus you have the cover of Kubas in the middle to to help him if he maybe is a bit aggressive and a bit uh you know if his if he, if he needs a bit of reining in, if that makes sense, I certainly think anything and everything they could do to just tweak how they, especially how they defend some of those aerial balls that they struggle with, whatever that means. If that means moving rank out, out into a wide position, if that just you know subtle tweaks to how they line up, how they they organize their lines defensively, I think it's it's worth exploring without, again, without changing too much on the, I think the idea behind that is you don't really want to mess on the personnel front too much because these, these guys are good together in a back three, but I think you're just looking for ways to, 
ways to tweak it essentially so Ranko isn't being asked to do stuff that he's not particularly good at. Because that's that's what that first Portland goal was. It's you're you're putting Ranko in the one scenario where he's actually not a great defender. So you just you want to avoid that. You know what Ranko's strengths and weaknesses are. Don't put him in that position as much if you can help. So I, I think that's a fair point. Um, I mean, any any final thoughts? Well, I just to hop. Yes, go go for it. Go for it. Well, I'd say yeah. The only because it's not like I'm asking for anything too radical because that's the back three that started against San Jose it was Laborda, it was Ranko, it was Blackman. So it's not again. It's something where you just have to t- switch around and may as well, right? You have to kind of do with what fits. Um, we've seen, for example, one tweak that I've liked from uh, from from Vanny is playing Gold further up the field because look, Gold can play as a bit more of a number eight, but as we know, it's he, he's the industrial DP, is the working man DP, as Vanny calls him. But also that means he does too much when he's playing at the eight. And not in a bad way. It just means he's he is tracking back to the edge of your box. He is making tackles. Look, go score. Go assist. Like, you know, go be the creator. And then by pushing him higher up the field, he's done that. And that's been a good tweak. That's been a tweak that's helped Gauld. It's been a tweak that's helped the Caps offense. And it's kind of, you know, pushed new players into that number eight role, like a Vite, like an Ahmed, et cetera. So I'm saying there's a precedent as well where, I don't know, you're looking at what the numbers tell you, looking at what the eye test tells you. These three are already playing together. Push Laborda into the middle. Push Ranko on the outside. Could help both of them. Could help the defensive unit. Because, again, at this point, it's not something where I'm like, I mean, they said, we, we we just saw, they haven't conceded less than two on the road since April. Like, at a certain point, you got to tweak and you got to experiment. And, um, they'll, they'll, yeah, because some big, big road games are coming up. So, we'll see. I mean, I guess on that note, quick, just to end off, of course, as we mentioned, the Whitecaps playing the Chicago Fire this week. Fire, a bit of an intriguing position there in ninth place in the East, so holding down a wild card spot. If the playoffs started today, they would travel to Saput, Stad Saputo and play CF Montreal. Well, that would be an interesting matchup for sure. Uh, Chicago with 32 uh, points. Um, funnily enough, just two points behind Vancouver. Uh, in that regard, just shows the East is a bit of a different beast this year. Uh, no rhyme intended on that one. They've scored 32 goals, but they've allowed 37. They're a bit sloppy defensively. I had a chance to watch Chicago before League's Cup break. They played Montreal. Um, they, it's a bit of a, you know, they're, they're a team that looks a lot better offensively this year. Shakiri looks like he's found his feet a bit more and he's having more moments. But yeah, defensively, they're they're a bit sloppy. So for the Whitecaps, that's good news when you look at the attack. And maybe that is a bit of something where you're going to have to be wary of Shakiri. You're going to have to be wary of some of these other threats in the attack if we we talk about them not being able to to defend as well on the road. It was funny looking into Chicago. I have like two very different impressions. I watched their last two matches or at least parts of them against um, the LA Galaxy most recently and against Orlando City. And my impression from those matches was, oh man, they created a lot of good chances and they, they kind of got hosed like a red card against LA Galaxy early on. And then they just they played well, but eventually, you know, the, the dam broke and they lost three nil. And then against Orlando, uh, they acquitted themselves again, relatively well, created some good chances, but, uh, you know, ultimately lost three to one. And so I actually came away from those matches going, oh man, they, you know, they're just having a bit of a tough go of it, but I like some things about the Chicago team. And then you look at like the XG stuff and it's very, very dire. 
they're poor defensively, Alex, as you mentioned. They're they seem to be getting reasonably lucky offensively. I mean, you've got, I mean, Kai Kamara, the headmaster, tremendous all-time MLS striker. But at this stage in his career, do you really want that guy leading your team in goals? Probably not. Um, as you mentioned, I think Shakiri, you know, he's not having like the the mind-blowing tr- franchise-altering impact that maybe they were hoping for initially. But he's a he's a very solid MLS player and uh, you know a, a, a good contributor. And they've got some young guys that I, I think have shown up offensively mm-hmm. in a in a nice way. Uh, like you've got the young twenty-year-old um, U.S you know, international, I'm trying to, sorry, I just got to find his name here. Brian Gutierrez. Oh, I think it's Gutierrez. Oh, there you go. Who's been super, super impressive. He's got five assists already in 2023 and, um, you know, attracting some big interest from, from clubs in Europe. He, he looks like a, a serious prospect. And then, I mean, I'm going to totally butcher this pronunciation, but uh, they've also brought in on loan from FC Lugano. So a fellow, a fellow Swiss player to Shakiri. Marin Hale Salize. Don't know if that's right, but but he's been pretty good as well. Four goals, three assists in MLS play. So so some nice little sneaky younger contributors in the lineup. It's not just Shakiri and Kai Kamara. Uh, the problem is a little bit defensively. I think that they they lack consistency. It looks like, you know, their lines drop a bit deep at time. They concede a ton of fouls. They allow uh, second phase chances off like crosses and corners where they're they're unable to clear it and then it's an absolute scramble in the box and and someone's you know johnny on the spot able to take advantage so um, i think lots of opportunities for the white caps in this match um, and and ultimately for chicago it feels like one of these teams where maybe five years ago in mls this would be like a really good team but the level of the league at the point you can't just have a couple nice things about your squad now you have to be pretty good from top to bottom. And so the Chicago team to me feels just incomplete. They have some nice pieces. They, they have some good moments. Uh, they had a three-match win streak going into League's Cup, and I think positivity was starting to grow. They're now winless since League's Cup. Uh, I, they just haven't been able to develop the kind of consistency necessary uh, to be like a surefire team in the East. So uh, I think this one's you know, spells plenty of opportunity for the white caps. And uh, like we mentioned, you know, if they can, they can keep it to a goal against, which I think is, is possible against this side. Uh, Kai Kamara played on the weekend. So I, I wonder how many minutes he'll see against his former team on Wednesday. Um, yeah. They sh- if the white caps can keep things in check, then I think there's, there's certainly goals in this match for them, which is encouraging. Yeah, that's a good way to sum up Chicago. They're kind of comfortably mid-table and a bit of a sloppy team at times. They have moments. And another player I'll watch out for is Chris Brady in goal as well, the 19-year-old, doing a good job to replace Gagas Lolina, the 18-year-old who left to go to Chelsea. Or um, shout out Spencer Ritchie if he does get any minutes for the well. Whitecaps draft pick. For- uh, you know, just got to throw in that that Vancouver connection. Yeah, absolutely. And maybe he'll play against his old team. So either way, some options. But I guess on that note, we'll see what happens for uh, this this Chicago game. Uh, certainly a big one for Vancouver. Um, but on that note, 
hope you guys enjoyed this bit of a more express episode ahead of the match and kind of recovering from Portland with the tight, tight turnaround on the schedule back to this Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday uh, format. So shout out MLS for that, but not really. Um, but on that note, you can find me on Twitter at Alex Gongabrizic at Instagram on Instagram and threads at AGR on the case. And yeah, hope to, to, to chat soon and we'll see what, uh, you know, the, if, if the Whitecaps can, uh, if the, the start of their road trip was a fluke or if they can build off that and get some uh, huge, more huge results on the road. Cause it feels like this stretch, I mean, Chicago, NYCFC, Toronto, that feels like the Whitecaps want to be a top three team. That's a six point stretch. That's a seven point stretch. And, I mean, if they can build off Portland, not out of the realm of possibilities. So uh, we'll certainly see. Well, Alex, I'll, I'll throw you on the hot seat here quickly. I've gone for a 2-0 Vancouver Whitecaps win is my prediction. Mm. How are you feeling for this one? What's yours? Well, I think on the weekend you had a 1-0 Whitecaps win. I had a 2-1 Whitecaps win, so we weren't that yeah. far off. I think for this one, again, I'm going to stick with uh, what – uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with the two one once again. I think it's something where I just I can't seeing them keep a clean sheet's just too bold at this stage of the proceedings. But I think their offense stays hot, so it's boring. It's safe, but uh, I think I see a two one again. I'm trying I'm trying to manifest this clean sheet. That's my goal. But uh, yeah, we'll see. <laughs> I, I I hope you enjoyed the express the express recap slash preview we know it's busy midweek and busy for us too so uh yeah we'll be back with it again in due course uh following the chicago match and uh yeah hope everyone has a good rest of the week you can find me as always at samuel underscore robot on twitter at the third sub dot ca um, check out you know search for the third sub on on all the social platforms check us out on our website you know like review rate the podcast, all that good stuff. Thanks for listening, everyone, and we'll chat again soon.